Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to... The Kind of Funny Games cast, of course, I am Tim Geddes. I am joined today by the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Good day, Tim. The expert of Final Fantasy VII, to my hype man of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, Imran, the Dawn Khan. Howdy, Tim. And rounding out the group today, it's Roger, the Lock, Percorny. If you could change your fate, would you? Kind of the you same vibe, you know it. what I mean? Yeah. Kind of the same vibe. I'd Definitely. Feel that way. Shout out to Brave. And also, <laughs> shout out to your amazing shirt right now. Your, your Cloud McDonald shirt. <laughs> I bring it back. I thought because I've, I've been wearing the shirt for so long that Cloud's last name was McStrife. <laughs> I don't know why. I just Cloud McStrife. Because he's thinking of yeah. Fox McCloud. Fox McCloud. Yes. The, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where it went. That's okay. what it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody strap in. We're going to have a fun time today. Um, of course, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. Uh, you can get the Kind of Funny membership to get the show ad-free over on YouTube or Patreon. Patreon, just like our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaky Nate Easy, and Delaney Twining have done. Uh, today, we are brought to you by the Kind of Funny Game Showdown, now being available on podcast services, but we'll tell you all about that later. Before we even get into this, though, and speaking about sponsors, the last couple of weeks, we have been sponsored by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on a whole bunch of our content. And as always, since we left IGN back in 2015 and started Kind of Funny, our entire ethics policy when it comes to this stuff is transparency with you guys. So we want to let you all know that, of course, we did not allow them to buy the review, uh, to sponsor the review that we're, we're doing here. So this episode is not sponsored by that. Um, Obviously, take all that with a grain of salt. If you don't want to trust us, that's totally your prerogative, but we're going to continue to talk about things the way that we talk about them, how we are going to do it, and hopefully you will understand and we've gained your trust over the years. Also, but if not, work here, totally so understand. Whatever. And also, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things here, but... Again, transparency is key when it comes to all of that. And on top of that, because I was the one selling the deals and doing all that stuff, doing the ad reads, I am not the lead reviewer on this. Uh, Blessing is the lead reviewer. So all of that out of the way, we can now get into our review of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And that blows my mind because, you know, I can wax nostalgic about Final Fantasy VII for, forever. And, and we have, Imran, mm -hmm. me and you for years. But to think back to, to VII Remake first being announced, to that thing becoming real, becoming our game of the year mm -hmm. in 2020, due to Imran in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> Uh, amazing just journey. Votes. That like no no outside influence. Just like me going like, hey, I really like this game. I'm gonna put it as number two for my game of the year. Yeah, I think so, I also had it as my number two. Yeah, well, me yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I had it my number two as well. And then because of how numbers work, there you go. But uh, so just a few short years later, be here for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I just never thought that I'd be here. I never thought I'd be sitting with this yeah. group of people. It's such a special one for me because like I think Final Fantasy VII Remake was one of the first big big reviews that I did when I joined Kind of Funny, right? Because that game came out spring-ish 2020, and I joined. April, yeah. It was like yeah. right after we went remote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I joined at the beginning of the year, and so I think this is one of the first games, right? Uh, not the first one, but I think there have only been a couple now where I've gone to review the like first title or the first iteration and then review the sequel, and it's really cool to be here talking about Re Rebirth. Absolutely, and you know, with that then, Bless, I want you to kick this off as lead reviewer here at Kind of Funny. What are you going to give on the kind of funny scale of one to five Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? So this for me has been one of the tougher reviews because throughout my time playing this game and reviewing this game in the last few weeks, I've put in about 70 hours, I think a little bit more than 70 hours into this video game. Throughout the bulk of that time playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I was planning to come in here and talk about this game being a five out of five and it being one of my favorite games of all time. The favorite game of all time thing, right? I think that for me still stands, but... After finishing this game of 70 hours, after taking some days to like digest, think about it, reflect, I think I have to give this game a four out of five. A four out of five is my final review score for it. The place I want to start is that I think this game is an incredible video game. I think it is marred by a few key things, both in story and in gameplay. Talking about story, I think I, I, want, I want to start with the positive, right? I think 
this iteration of Final Fantasy VII has my favorite cast of characters, possibly in any video game. Like, I think it's up there with God of War Ragnarok, up there with Metal Gear Solid games, like Aerith, Barrett, Tifa, Cloud, uh, the char new characters that they introduce. They have such good chemistry and such good backstories to them. And the way that they get into these character stories and allow them to have their moments and allow them to have their interactions and allow you as a player to have like your own interactions with them, right? Like in this one, they introduce sort of like a relationship level system that kind of lets you keep tabs on where you're at with all the different characters in the party. That stuff is so good. And the character moments in this game are so good. Um, I, when talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, one of the things that I like to bring up of why I love that game so much is uh, there's a moment, there's a story moment where things are going to shit and there's a cut to Barrett, the character, where he is like emotional. He's looking for his daughter. He's like, where is she? And you can see like the emotion in his eyes. Like it's so beautifully rendered, like his character model and then like just the emotion in his face. I, that moment I was like, man, this is beautiful. This is really making me connect with this character. There are so many moments like that in this game that super hit for me on the character level. On the overall story level, I think moment to moment, there's so much great stuff, but then there's also other things where I'm like, ah, you're setting things up and not delivering on them in a way that is making me care about this in the main story. I think there's the like, you know, big threads that involve Sephiroth and the main villain, right? I guess Sephiroth being the main villain that feel like they're trying to go somewhere, but then don't go somewhere. I was having like a, a, a conversation, conversation with Roger the other day, and I was like, I think the eureka moment that I found in talking about how I feel about the main story is that this game has commitment issues in a lot of, in a lot of ways. There are so many places, there are so many threads that we set up that we don't then slam dunk and deliver on by the time we get towards the end. And I think a lot of that took the wind out of my sails for me. But there are also so many places where the writing is such a success. The side quests, the side stories, so much of the open world content I think is there and is driven by the writing and it's such good stuff. On the gameplay level, obviously like I, uh, I talked about the combat system when reviewing Final Fantasy VII Remake 1 or the, the first Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? And like one of the things I really commended that game on is the combat system, right? It is so fun. I like ATB. I like how they give characters all their own systems. That stuff remains here. That stuff is still really fun. Uh, the open world sort of setup this time around is very fascinating to me. And we can dig into this because it is as if you went to Ubisoft and went, hey, make an open world Final Fantasy VII game because it is checklist city. Mm -hmm. And usually that kind of stuff wouldn't work for me. And in this game, it really works for me, even though there are places where I'm obviously like, okay, this, is, this feels like filler content. This feels like it could have been cut. This feels like it could have been edited down. They have like the tower type stuff that you see in so many open world games. I feel like that stuff feels so checklisty and doesn't feel as inspired as you see in other open world games. But for every one of those, for every one of like the summon data things, which are like these random like mini games you do, you, you do that feel like they're just filling in the open world. There's something else that is, oh man, this is a great side quest or Queen's Blood, which is a a card game they introduce in the game that for me is on the level, if not way better than Gwent, in my own opinion, right? I'm sure people split on that, but like I really, really, really loves Queen Bl Queen's Blood and we'll get into that later. But yeah, like the open world is so fascinating. It's so fun to get lost in. And I, uh, in the first few areas that you discover in the game, I 100%ed everything. And I was on track to 100% the game, except for the fact that there is so much in this game. And I, at a certain point I was like, all right, I can't do this. I just gotta like get to the end. Um, but yeah, I think the open world is filled with ups and downs, but at its core, this is still a video game I'm gonna remember forever. This game has moments that are up there with some of my favorite video game moments of all time. It's, I think some of the moments, like, like some of the main story moments, big story moments fail it in some ways, but in so many ways where it matters, the game absolutely delivers. And so I still stick to saying, this is an incredible video game. It's a fun video game. It's a video game I'm gonna remember forever. But yeah, I, I, I have to give it a four out of five just for certain things that are also tough to talk about without spoiling things that for me, absolutely. take the wind out of their, its sails. Roger Percorny, you are newer to the the Final Fantasy VII franchise yes. as well. Uh, what what's your history with it? Yeah, so I never played. My first Final Fantasy game was Final Fantasy XV, and I played that only a few years ago. And then when Remake came out, I played that. So I never played the original Final Fantasy VII, and Remake changed my brain chemistry. That game, <laughs> that game during the pandemic became my entire personality. You see my shirt. I love. Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then I liked it so much, I was like, you know what? Let me play this Crisis Core thing. And I like that. Okay, fine enough. But I like the story, and I was, I'm excited for Rebirth. Rebirth, probably, definitely my most anticipated game of this year. Uh, but uh, I think 
I like. I definitely like, and I think that Final Fantasy Rebirth is a good game. It's not a great game. I would give this a three out of five. Uh, okay on our scale, but the reason I'm giving it a three out of five because there's no good. I, I would say that this is not a great game, so it's a three out of five. Uh, the open world just feels so hollow to me. It, we talked about the, the Ubisoft checklist type deal. That just was kind of a non-starter for me. Uh, I feel like the first 13 hours of the game are very by the numbers and it feels like filler, right? And then by the time I actually got to the story that I'm, I'm invested in, the story that I kind of signed up this whole chapter of, of video gaming, getting into Final Fantasy VII and actually getting into it 15 hours into it, it just, it really felt like it was, it was great, really good moments, and then it would just stop, right? There would be a moment where it's like, okay, well, now you have to throw a box. Now you have to move something really slowly. There was always something that was getting in the way of my fun, and that's kind of my experience with Final Fantasy VII. Like, there's really amazing moments that just are hard stopped by moments that I think are filler. And this game feels like it has a great 20 to 30 hours that's expanded into 50, 60 hours of uh, content. And I was liking it, and I think that the game was progressively getting better as it went on, and then the ending happened. And I felt even more so kind of burnt by the whole experience being somebody who does not have that connection with Final Fantasy 7 uh, I felt like they kind of just let, let left me out to uh, in, in the in the rain and I just I don't I'm not excited for the next game as much as I was when I first entered this whole experience so yeah three out of five okay I think it's a good game it's not a bad video game it's just not as good as the first one Imran Khan mm. what would you give this so if you're one of those people out there in, in audience land that's like, wow, he listed a bunch of things he didn't like about the game and then gave it a high score. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. I, I, I give it, I'm giving that game a four out of five. I think it is impossible. It suffers a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom syndrome where you were following up something I very, very much loved and an objectively better game is go not going to hit in the same impact. And in most ways, your birth is an objectively better game. And there are parts of it that are just like, wow, this is not better. This is, you, you started a hell of a song and then you hit next track in the middle of the like, thing. And I think like things Blessing said, things as Roger said, I don't want to like re-rate those, but like there are aspects of this game that are just absolutely amazing. And there's parts of that that are like, what were you thinking? What did you do here? What, what was the design? The design doc say like stop all pacing for 20 mini games? Cause like that's what we did. Well, we that's gotta talk about the we gotta talk about the mini game because a lot of them are fucking great. A lot of but them, it, but it, it's like the one of the things I wanted to mention too with like the open world stuff and yeah the activities is that it's it's designed in such a baffling way because it is like you know you know how in Spider Man everything you're doing is you being for the most part is you being Spider Man right yes. it is everything involves either fighting in combat or swinging around the city and like there are parts where you're either playing as Peter Parker or Mary Jane and those are the things that people complain about sometimes right but like. In a video game, usually you want to have everything revolve around this gameplay, like this, this you know, either combat or like whatever thing you've set to be, this is the gameplay of this video game. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is fascinating because there are so many moments where they're like, all right, you're playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Now you're playing Rocket League. Rocket League. Yeah. Or now you're playing Queen's Blood. Or now you're playing. And I think in any other game, it wouldn't work like i would be that would be one of my main complaints in any other video game they somehow in this game make so much of it work in a way that i kind of commend yeah because like yeah when i'm playing like, oh, queen's blood is probably the main example of like y'all put your foot in this like in a good way like y'all yeah. killed this like this is a great game that i really hope they spin this out and make a queen's blood like standalone thing and then like there's other things there like there's um i don't want to go through every minute game i guess chocobo racing is, is one i can point out chocobo racing is so fleshed out and, like, I don't know if it's going to be for every. It's probably not going to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. But there was a good three hours where I, where I was hanging out, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do Chocobo Racing. I did every single one of those races. It's so from, fucking fun. From, like, bronze to gold cup. And I was doing that for hours. And I was like, this is, this is great. This is awesome. And, yeah, yeah the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is filled with random-ass minigames that somehow work. I not put, every single time, but a lot of the time. I put 105 hours into this video game so far. And a non-insignificant portion of that was just the mini games, and like it's great that they're there. They are surprisingly fun, well designed. They brought back some ones I really love. They didn't need to be mandatory, and that I think is where a lot of things fall apart. Like Costa del Sol was a great example because like I don't think this game get, really gets like great until Junon, 
And then right after Junon, we're in the city, and everyone just like, hey, go to this place and play this mini game. Go to this place and play this mini game. Then right after that is a side quest to go play these mini games all over again. I'm like, okay, I I see what you're going for here. You want to familiarize me with all this stuff. You want to make sure I'm not getting too bored. But what I want is like, this is a game that is like terrible for pacing if you are someone who does not self-govern your pacing very well. So, like, what I should have done is did a little bit of story, gone back and done this stuff. I didn't do that. I saw a checklist, <laughs> and I went through in all of them. I went through all the world intel for each region, and then I moved on to the next story base. That was not great for me. My advice, the, here, IGN's guides, whatever, write this down, put it in the guide. Bury your stuff up. Don't, don't go after one thing and then just keep going, because, like, you are going to get burned out on this game very fast if you do that. And I think, like, I don't know that they should have stopped me, I don't know that they should have just pace the game better because there are examples of that making it mandatory that you need to. But like, there's so much variety in this game that it becomes oppressive at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I, for me, this is such a simple five out of five, and everything all y'all said is totally, totally true, and I feel it. Um, I just think that this is the biggest game I've ever played, yes. and with that, it comes like with some of the most great things I've ever had, and there's a lot of stuff I don't really love that much, and there's some pacing things, there's some story decisions, there's some this, there's some that, but overall, it's all in a package that should not be possible to be this impressive. Like, the, the music, the presentation, the graphics, the choreography of the camera work, and every single fight scene every single like character dynamic it is such fan service but in the the right ways like i as a fan of this stuff as somebody that really cares about these characters and these worlds and seeing them i'm just so impressed with how often i said holy shit playing this game and just how good of a time i had and there were a lot of moments where i'm pushing something and it's slower than i want it to be and like things like that that didn't get in the way of my enjoyment. I can understand being critical of that, and it totally adds up to me, but there was so much amazing in this moment to moment. Like I loved Remake so much for the quality of its writing and how much I cared and invested in the characters. I think it's, it's so much better in this one. I feel like the group of characters that we have are so fascinating. I want to be with them, whether they're doing something world-ending or whether they're doing something small. And that's why the minigames, the mandatory ones, didn't really bother me pacing-wise because that's kind of what I was there for. It's just the weird, combinations of characters going off and and doing their own thing i can't believe how long this game is i can't believe yeah, how yeah. little they cut from the original it really felt like they took it as a challenge to remake the original and have every scene hit as hard as it possibly can for the for the people that remember those moments and in doing that i think it kind of creates a scenario where hey the original game was a game from the 90s and had a lot of weird things in it and they committed so hard to making those weird things work that for me, I'm like, I am, I'm so impressed. And I think that you did such a great job with it. The majority of the time that I'm like, yeah, it's a five, even though there is a lot of three out of five elements in there. Like, I don't think that there's many two out of five elements uh, or, or anything around that. Like, I think that at, at minimum, the things that you're doing in this game are, are good. Uh, but I think more often than not, they are amazing. And um, I'm so impressed that the, the checklisty open world stuff, like I, I didn't do what Imran did. I did main quest a lot more, still took me 50 two hours, something like that, just to beat the game. I did a lot of the uh, mini games that were either mandatory or that I fell in love with, like Queen's Blood, yeah. that is so fantastic. And such, it's a new addition uh, to the game. I loved that. But I was, I don't even want to say more often than not. I would just say I was so impressed with how well the mini games played. Yeah. There are exceptions yeah. where that's not true. But the moment you start playing one, you're like, oh, this is kind of like Rocket League. I'm like, this plays way better than a mini game in a game should, especially when there's Dude, I don't know how many ten thousand mini games in this game. There's so many mini. There are multiple RTS style mini games. Yes, and I'm somebody who doesn't. I don't usually vibe with RTS. The first one you you encounter, which I think might have been in the first game as well. I, I'm not sure. Um, but like Fort Condor, Fort Condor, yes. yes. That one I did. I didn't play it in the first game. Playing it here, I got so into it. I am shocked by how much fun I have with Fort Condor. Yeah. Where like there's a list, there's I think there's a short list of mini games within this game that I can go, hey, spin this out into its own thing. Yeah. Like put this on mobile, put this as like a five dollar game on PSN, like whatever you need to do. Cause yeah, Chocobo Racing is so fun. Queen's Blood, again, I I, I was a Gwent person when I was playing Witcher 3. I guess I probably spent most of my time in Witcher 3 playing Gwent. Queen's Blood has somehow for me you superseded that. I am like, I am fully in on Queen's Blood. You know what makes Queen Blood work so well? Is they know you're just going to get screwed sometimes. You're going to lose and whatever. The, the fact that you can just go immediately restart, let me try this again. Yeah. It's like, okay, this game has so many actually good quality of life things. And then it has like some like not great quality of life. Like, 
none of the shooting mini games have inverted controls, which is the most insane thing for me. Because like you have that in the the overall game options, but not for like pirate shooting, mm. which is like it took me a while to get good at that game because I play inverted shooting. So like it's stuff like that of why is this inconsistent? Why why can't like everything work on at least like the same basic uh quality of life level and and that's where i come down on the mini games is that there's so many great ones of course queen queen's blood's incredible the rocket league red 13 one is is awesome but there are just ones that i'm like i we did not need this we we, we did not it's nice to have and, and that's that's kind of like the big overarching thing it's like a lot of nice to haves but i would rather just have four or five really solid ones and then just kind of everything else is oh you go find it and if you want to play you can play it just having the mandatory throughout the actual like story just just felt unnecessary Mm. can i bring up soundtrack yeah somebody has to this is in my top three soundtracks of all time i think for me i have to like stay with it but this soundtrack hits on such a level where obviously it's taking so many of the arrangements that it had already from the original final fantasy 7 and then also from remake but the way in which this game has respect and reverence for its own source material, it feels like it is. It it feels like playing. It's like I'm playing something that was made by like a, a Disney, right? It has like that level of oh, I am nostalgic. I am feeling magic. Like there is something here that really works. It's you know fun playing this as a open world game that is like you know obviously Final Fantasy VII, the original JRPG. This game JRPG slash action RPG, however you want to um, categorize it, but also has a lot of like open world uh almost like western rpg elements when you're out and about just doing your thing and even when you're out in the world music is playing the whole time and it works like open not many open world games just have music playing the entire time and they do it here and i'm like this is fucking awesome especially in the variety of music like not only is it arrangements from the original game that's that are being you know redone and, and and referenced in motifs and all that stuff here it is EDM songs, rap songs, like so many different types of genres of music that a lot of time feel goofy. Like a lot of time it's like, this is a weird pick, but for some reason it works. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they're, they they so consistently make that happen where it is the most random song for a side mission will start playing. And I'm like, kind of grooving to this though. Yes. And it's kind of making the vibe right for this mission. It is such a good soundtrack. Yeah. I am the complete person who does not listen to video game music. It doesn't even register to me. There's a point where I was playing Yakuza and uh, some of the music was playing and Liam's was like, oh, that's like the the main theme. I was like, I, I couldn't. I, I played three of these games. I couldn't tell you what these are. This just completely hit for me in a way that I'm like, I'm going to buy this physically. Like, yeah, this is yeah. just a... It's every, a magical every, the, or, the orchestration, you're right. Like, the, the rap stuff is like, even like, oh, this is actually really good, too. Yeah. Like, every, every single thing about it just feels so premium. If you're someone who likes light motifs, this game is yep. hella light motif. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, it's not going to be a surprise to any of you or anybody listening to me, but like so much of my high on this game is how hard they went on the music. And it's not just, oh, it has a great soundtrack because that's a disservice to what this game did. Like they were talking about over 400 new tracks for this game, Jesus. like arrangements and things in the state of yeah. play that they put out. That is, it was like 300, 400. I think it was 400. And you hear it. And yeah. the amount of like, motifs that come up of all these character moments of any time a character's on screen, something's happening that's relevant to them and how how their relationships with other characters can combine to make a new song, a new moment. Um, this is very early, so it's not spoilers, but seeing Tifa in the like the, the cowgirl outfit, you get a Western version of Tifa's theme. Yeah. There's like dozens of versions of each character theme done in the style that fits the scenes that they're in. And they might be used once, they might be used a hundred times, but it is just so incredible. And on top of that, the dynamic switch between you're just in the open world and then you're in a battle and the same theme then ratchets up. It's the Final Fantasy VII main theme, but now it's the battle version. Yeah. It's the, the Cosmo Canyon theme, but now it's the battle version. And there's just, it feels endless. And you say it might be in your top three. Like, I struggle to think of just top to bottom if you're just talking about one game soundtrack. This might have to take the cake because I was talking to Imran about this. Like the closest I've ever come to this feeling is Smash Brothers Brawl, where Sakurai got together a dream team of every arranger, composer possible to just make new arrangements of all of the classic songs. Like everyone is here in music and they did that. This feels like that for Final Fantasy VII, and we know how many iconic themes are in VII. Mm. This game just made me realize how many more there were that I didn't even remember. Yeah. The, the the Mount Coral guys, come the fuck on. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's just so much music, and to me, that's why it's like, the, they were so relentless with the presentation of the music and how good the game looks and how that stuff kind of combines that 
the t Ubisoft Tower stuff, I never even considered it. It never bothered me at all because I'm just like, I'm listening to amazing music and I'm vibing right now where just walking around the world felt so satisfying to me that when I did see a tower that was close enough, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah might as well go pop that thing off. Like I liked that it was just there for something, but like I just feel like they really nailed the vision of this feeling like a gigantic adventure that was pieced together by the most variety I've ever seen in a game from both a gameplay perspective and a sound perspective. And they just combine in this way that like, it's it's simply magical. It's also overbearing and it's also the most shit ever. So like, I get it. And this is coming <laughs> from somebody that does not like big open things. Like this is easily the biggest game that I've beaten and felt this way about besides Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom and mm. Breath of the Wild. They're, they actually play with the music in a really interesting way. Cause like there's one scene where characters come like wake cloud up. It's like, hey, something happened. Come on real quick. Cloud doesn't know what happened. So in the music, you hear like the Sephiroth violins of duh, duh, mm. duh, duh. Because like that in his head, that's what's going on. And when you find out what actually is happening, those violins stop. But it's like a really interesting thing of, oh, we're going to get a little bit of just a character motivation moment in here just through the music. Yeah. And like that wouldn't work if this were not a remake of Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like I'm, I'm watching a musical or like an opera or something yeah. where the music matters so much to the moments. And I love how they do that. Like you will be in the middle of a cutscene and there's something there's something big happening right there's action happening and then like the then like the camera will transition over to let's say T4 or Aerith and then you'll hear one of their themes and it turns tender and like the moment the energy of the moment shifts in a second and yeah like they manage that stuff so well and like yeah I'm somebody who's a fan of like motifs light motifs and all that stuff and like you know like when you when you want to talk about like my top 3 or whatever right I'm thinking about Undertale, I'm thinking about Nier, right? Now, like, I think the thing that all these have in common is that they know how to tie their songs to certain characters and make those moments matter to tell the story. And yeah, like, the music here is top-tier video game soundtrack, in my opinion. I want to keep talking about this game, but after a quick word from our sponsors. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Y'all need to check out Kinda Funny Game Showdown, our weekly video game trivia game show. You can watch live on YouTube or on Twitch every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. But now, thanks to popular demand, Kinda Funny Game Showdown is available on podcast services. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else, please subscribe and rate the show five stars. It really helps us get Kinda Funny out there. And we couldn't thank you enough. We aim to make this a video-only show, so many of the games we best enjoyed watching on YouTube. But despite that, enough of you guys asked for audio versions, so we're making that happen anyways. Of course, that also means if you have the kind of funny membership on patreon you will now also get the audio version of the show ad free no matter how you're watching or listening to kind of funny game showdown thank you and if you haven't checked it out yet there is no better time than now we're already many episodes into the show so you can catch up now on youtube or the brand new podcast version of the show if you love what we do please get the kind of funny membership on patreon or on youtube to get the show ad free if you just want to support us for free please subscribe and rate kind of funny game showdown on your favorite podcast service now let's talk combat Big part of this game, mm -hmm. right? Taking what what worked in remake, kind of adding to it a whole bunch more new characters in this, and also taking uh, the system they put in place in uh, inner intergrade intermission. Yeah. Integrate. Integrate. Um, with the kind of like buddy combo system. And I just <laughs> took it to a thousand of yes. all the different uh, things. Emma, what was your take on the, the combat? So I thought the combat from episode remake was amazing, but it's not apparent unless you're in hard mode when everything is like just like a puzzle and you have to like solve it. The big problems I think with episode seven were like, okay, I don't have the right materia for this fight, so I just can't pressure this guy. And like that, I, I heard that from quite a few people. Reasonable. 
Uh, they fix that in this one with all, like the elemental skills and all that, but they also don't back away from anything that worked in remake, and I think that's key to this. And I think so. I started on dynamic. I don't know what like you guys started on, but like I yeah. I kept that the entire way through. And I think that's the way you should play this game because it keeps all the if you're off doing side quests, you're gonna outlevel the main story very fast. But if you're on dynamic, then the main story keeps up with you. So like. I thought the boss battles and the combat and like all that stuff in this game worked perfectly. I thought the fact that like you can, they, they added like a long range attack for clouds kit works really well. I think by far, this is probably a much better extension of remakes battle system than I really ever expected them to do. Bless. What about you? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I like the, the the synergy abilities. I think that's a cool addition. I think the the new party members really, um, really step things up right yeah like, yuffie's just as broken as she was in her mission i didn't play intermission but yuffie was my like yuffie was constantly my party yeah. like any chance i got i'm like oh yeah yuffie, it's gonna be me the cloud yuffie and then Aerith, or somebody who has somebody who can be my healer is yeah. basically a third but yuffie is such a yeah like I, I i i i like her set of abilities i like that she has like this um elemental attack that is long range so it is a thing of hey if i'm out of uh, MP or if I have a magic or if I'm like you know struggling in terms of how to uh, uh, not having a character that has like a specific element Yuffie is there for me it can like fill in all those roles and for me it, it really made things a lot easier to like manage just in terms of that but yeah like I think overall I uh, for me there was little I noticed about change in the combat system aside from things that you know uh, Imran mentioned you know the synergy abilities and then yeah Cloud having more of a long range thing um, but like it's, it, it stays awesome I don't know if they they probably didn't. I don't know if I noticed, but like, new, did they add any new new materia? Like, materia. The materia yes. seemed pretty consistent from yeah, the first game. There, there's a bunch of new materia. There's okay. stuff that I think was not even in F7. Yeah. Like, uh, some of the static change materia and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it feels so seamless because I, I look through looking through the materia like list. I'm like, oh yeah, like all this makes sense. All this feels like it's like a like a step up from Seven Remake, but I can't even pinpoint how because I think that's how seamless they were with it, with like adding adding the stuff. What about you, Roger? Yeah, about the combat. I, the combat. The combat's good. I, I like it a lot. I think I the synergy abilities really help me. Like being able to just go there and without having to deal with the active time battle uh, gauge or anything like that. Just be able to just throw things at people. Like that's been really fun. Uh, I I do think in between, you know, playing remake and then this one, Final Fantasy 16 came out. In between, mm -hmm. I'm like, oof, I like that combat a lot more. That that worked for me in a way that this one just still doesn't. Uh, but it's not a negative towards the game. It's just personal yeah. preference. Like that, the Final Fantasy 16 is just way more action based, and you can just throw fire like nothing. This one is a little bit. You have to you have to actually wait and say, okay, do I do I do I do an item? Do I do the magic or whatever? So yeah, it, it's good. I like it a lot, but it's not it's not my favorite Final Fantasy combat system. I love Final Fantasy 16's combat. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I know that's not a popular opinion and whatever. I stand by it. I'm right there Look with you, Raj. Like, I, there were a lot of moments of this. I'm like, God, this game would just be a dream. It is a dream for me, but it'd be even more of a dream if I just got to hack and slash and whatever. Yeah. I was going to, I was not going to say this out loud. I was thinking it real loud. This game for me shits on FF16 real hard. Yeah, I, I would not say that. <laughs> I yeah, would not. I don't say know. It. I'm kind of on both sides. Or I love both games. I both think sides isn't blessing. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's what they call me. I'm a fucking centrist when it comes to Final Fantasy. But yeah, I can see. I can see both sides when it comes to combat, especially because they're very different systems. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I, I like being able to pause and like do the the like, yeah. Like it feels. I mean, I think they keep the energy of turn based in Final Fantasy VII Re Rebirth. That really works for me because I feel like I have to strategize or else I'm fucked. I yeah. do think for seven, it gets better for me as it goes on. Right in the mm -hmm. beginning, I'm just frustrated that I'm not able to do the attacks the way that I wanted to. I don't have this man or whatever it is. It gets way better, and I think maybe gets better than 16 by the ending of seven. But like in the very beginning, I would take 16's combat mm. any day. And for me, I love both yeah. so much. I just like at the end of the day, for me, I would prefer the 16 type uh, battle system. But I think this thing sings, man. I think the yeah. combat system for this switching between the characters and like just the way that it moves, like it feels so engaging. And I'm such a broken record. I've said this a million times, but I will never forget watching Advent Children and thinking it's the peak of what cool could possibly look like. And now play a game that looks better and you're actively controlling it. Blows my fucking mind and the combat is so engaging so fun the music's playing again so it's like all of it just comes together for me where i just i i know that like a lot of the things i've been talking about i'm just like oh five out of five five out of five like all this stuff like looking at last year how many banger games that like really spoke to me starting 2024 off with prince of persia in my opinion being a top 10 all time for me 
getting to this, like we might have two more Tim Gettys top 10 of all time games. And it's like, that's like, they pulled this off for me in a way that I just didn't think was possible. And I think a lot of that does have to do with how well the combat system backs up these characters and makes me want to use all of them. Even the ones yeah. that I didn't vibe with as much. There's yeah. a couple characters in this that might, ah, this is kind of fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but Jesus. like, but yes, but <laughs> I I, at the end of the him. day though, I'm just like, I, I love parts of it. Right. There are yeah. things like Yuffie was always my girl whenever she could be, but I'm impressed with the, the depth of the combat system from a base level. And then when you start to realize how many of those synergy attacks there are and how many unique situational things there are between every combination of characters, it's like, there's a lot more here than there was in seven yes. remake. Yeah. I, I have restarted on hard and the very first boss, but here keeper, I got my ass kicked like two or three times until I realized like, oh, it doesn't want me to just play as Sephiroth. It wants me to switch around and like mm. go by what, what go by what the actual moment to moment battle is like dictating I do. Because if I am just one person, that material keeper is just going to destroy that one person. Yeah. And you know, speaking of the boss fights, um, one of the things I loved most about Seven was when they'd go all out for the set piece bosses, like the Airbuster being one of those examples. Mm. I feel like this game is just relentless. Yeah. I feel like there is probably no less than 10 like between 10 and 25 minute battles that have so many phases and it's not just gameplay stuff it's like story and cutscenes happening that don't just feel like quick time things that you're doing like i was so in the moment to moment stuff where i'm just like let's fucking go playing through the the game that i was so surprised at how many of those airbuster quality fights we yeah. got in this one every single turk fight feels like a 3d fighting game oh, it's so yeah the turks bro <laughs> Love the turn. Elena is like <laughs> she is by far like my favorite character in this game. Really? I, yes. That's wild. Really? Yes. Because she's nothing. She's nothing in seven. She just like sort of appears and like makes some jokes about how like rude and uh, Reno are stupid or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like here, she's like a character that like has jokes, is frustrated, thinks this whole thing is just stupid. And for me, that's a running theme of this game is that if there's anybody in the original Final Fantasy seven that like. If, there, if, there, if there's a sneeze in that game, there, there's a backstory yeah. to it. And mm -hmm. Things are so elaborated upon in this game in a way that I think is really cool for the most part, right? Like, I think that lends to it being a little bit long, but... For, oh, shit. <laughs> you feared If you're an audio listener, the set just changed to Sephiroth. <laughs> scary as hell. Uh, but yeah, like, there is so much context to everything in every single character. And I was shocked by, you know, after I beat... Final Fantasy VII Remake back in 2020, one of the things I did was immediately pick up Final Fantasy VII for PS1, like the version that's on PS4, and I started playing it. And I played about 16 hours, even though my game clock is weird because I was playing in fast forward when I was on like the overworld mode. And so I'm sure my hours are really screwed because of that. Um, but I was shocked by how much of this game that I played in Rebirth that was still catching me up on things that I had already experienced in Rebirth, yeah. in, in the original uh, um, game, right? Where I'm like, Oh, I'm still I'm still not past like where I put the game down. I'm still experiencing things and moments again that like feel like just split second things are so well fleshed out. And yeah, like a character like Elena, where I'm like, I don't know who the fuck is Elena. Is now she's a big part of what's going on. And there are so many characters in this video game. And I think on top of that too, that also lends itself to a lot of the goofy energy this game has that I absolutely love. Like this game has. Like, I think the remake like, already had a, a sense of humor, right? Because it's yeah. Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy VII. Rebirth takes that and really ups it to where they're doing some dumb shit in some of these moments that is so fucking funny and weird and goofy. And I think sometimes can be immersion-breaking, but I think for the most part, lends to a game that has such fun energy. And like you have characters that you meet where it is, what the fuck are you? <laughs> what the fuck is up with this guy? And they do that so often, but I think it just lends a fun energy to this game that I really appreciate. Which I is like, not to like... Endlessly compare this to 16. Yeah. But one of the things I didn't like about 16 is it took itself so seriously the entire time. I appreciate it, that. And yeah. this never had, like, the Yuffie introduction. When she first joins the party and she has this, like, whole magical girl-like mm -hmm. introduction. And Cloud just, like, cool and walks away. Like, that, there's nothing like that in uh, 16. There is stuff like that in other Final Fantasy games. Which, to me, is, like, part of the core DNA of that series. But I love that 7 just leans into it so much. There's genuinely a lot of laugh-out-loud moments in this game. Yeah. So jumping off of what you guys are saying, like something that uh, I, I feel 
to the core of Final Fantasy VII is it is the Star Wars of video games. Like <laughs> it's cast of characters, and mm -hmm. it might even the great the it at its best still has some things that are a little weird sure. or like who the fuck is that guy? Why does he sound that way? Or like this is weird, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, there's some examples of like oh you guys went too far here or you guys are over prequelizing this and giving us way too much info. Crisis Core, I'm looking at you. I still <laughs> love you, but I you know it is what it is. Um, and then you know things like Final Fantasy 16 different franchise from seven but like that to me is more like an andor and i i'm a i yeah. can appreciate that different things can can work that way um but for final fantasy seven being this like big romp adventure that is so serious but at the same time the least serious thing ever yep. with the cast of characters that's so lovable and fucking weird you when you look at all of them you're like all right cool cool guy with sword a couple cool girls that like oh which one's he gonna be with and then everyone else is just like well here's a cat you know what yeah. I mean? Here's a red cat. Yep. And here, here's like, like all this weird shit. And it, it, it works. And it only works because they present it as serious and not serious at the same time to the right level. Mm -hmm. But I, I just really think that at the end of the day, I enjoy Star Wars, good and bad. Yeah. And so that's why it yeah, works. Yeah. I think for me, the, uh, I'm with you that I think it, like the unseriousness of it works. But then there are moments where I think, there are like I think with the it's funny it's fun to like compare to FF16 right because it's fresh in our brains and it's such the antithesis of this game because Final Fantasy 16 yeah so serious this game so unserious even though it's serious at the same time but I think the thing that I really liked about 16 is that I it always felt grounded to some as as far as you can be grounded with magic and all this shit right but it felt grounded to some extent where I'm like okay A equals B equals C like I can track all these things going on here with FF7 there are moments that are like main story moments where I'm like all right, like, what? I understand that we're not taking this serious, but, like, in this moment, we should take this serious. Like, why are we letting this happen? Like, yeah. why are we just overlooking this thing that's happening here? And I think some of that is, hey, man, you know, this is part of the story. Like, we just got to move this thing along. And then other parts of it, I think, are, like, the uh, Nomura-isms of it, where it is, hey, man, this, is, this game is just a vibe. <laughs> like, we're just, we're, <laughs> sure. like, we're more focused on vibes than we are on, like, some of the logic of the storytelling here, and you kind of have to go with it. But I think that's part of what brings... Uh, moments in the story back for me where I'm like, ah, oh, man, but I wish, I wish we took this a little bit more serious because I think the balance is just slightly off. Yeah. For me, somebody who probably has the least knowledge of the original game comparatively to, to everyone here, I felt like more often than not that I was watching a seven hour long director's cut of a movie that I've never seen before. <laughs> like that was kind of the, the, the comparison that I would make and not in a good way, in a bad way. Yeah, right. Totally. Like there's some great moments where it's like, I'm glad that you guys uh, really went down this rabbit hole and it's, it's better for it. But there was a lot of moments where I'm like, why are we focusing on this? Like it feels as somebody who does not know the original game, like just like super apparent when they're going down those rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And again, for better, or for worse, but I think a lot of the times in this game, more than remake, for worse. Yeah. That's that's the way I would think. I, I will say, like, as someone who played the original game, like, I want to say maybe five, six times, I had to have a wiki open with some stuff and be like, who are these guys? Did they, how, when did this happen in FF7? Because like, there was a thing that I was like, I don't remember this being mentioned at all. And you're like, here's the, the whole dungeon they were in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly, right? And like, that is, oh, go for it, Buzz. Well, I was going to say, I'm very happy I played Crisis Core. Yeah. I, if oh I, yeah. If Dude. I didn't play Crisis Core, like the new one that came out about a year ago, I there are moments in this game where I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. It's here. weird. So here's the thing. Yeah, that's all true. And I'm just gonna say this. I don't think that for the most part, not playing any of the other things and then playing this really changes that much. I'm just as fucking confused yeah. as I play through everything. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I just think I think you're gonna be more confused and whatever and your willingness to be like, eh, it's gonna happen, whatever. Where I stand with the game right now, like with the whole franchise is they have one more game left. Yeah. So I'm really just like, I loved so much of what they did with Remake. I loved so much of what they did here that I'm just like, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that it'll all make sense eventually. Because where we're at right now, there's a lot of things I'm like, I don't know if I love this. I don't know if this makes sense. But I'm along for the ride, and they're giving us the ride. So it's like, I just feel like there's... It, it reminds me a lot of the people being like, how can I watch the Marvels if I haven't seen this, this, and this? It's like, just sure. fucking watch the movie, man. Yeah. And like the things you don't get, you won't get. But, but I will say, like... I think comparatively, like you guys have the buy-in already of the original game, right? Mm -hmm. Like of just knowing these characters and falling in love with them in your own personal ways. I end up blessing less so, right? Because mm -hmm. you only played half of it. 
but I just don't have that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still getting to know these people. So, like, to have this game that is so indulgent, it it didn't feel like it gave me those moments where I'm like, I love these characters. I like these characters more. I don't think I'm in love with them as much as I would be if I played the original game. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I just, I th that whole vibe is is good. It's, get, it's getting somewhere. But by the ending of this game, I just, I looked at the whole situation. I'm like, okay, well, I, See, I know I'm going to play the next game. But I'm not, if I was a normal consumer, I probably wouldn't be as excited for the next game. I'd be like, this is fine. I'm going to agree and disagree with you on the sure. on the characters. Because, like, for me, the when it comes to most of the main party, when it comes to Aerith, Tifa, Barrett, um, and, like, most of, like, the party characters, I fucking adore these characters. And, like, the, my version of Barrett is, like, the remake Barrett, right? Like, my version of Tifa and Aerith are these versions. And I've had moments where I'm, like tearing up and crying playing the game based on like some of the things that they build up and play and, and really deliver on with the side characters and like some of the uh, story focused stuff on certain party characters it's so fucking good what i will say though cloud and sephiroth are the two that i'm kind of like i'm not in love with what they're doing with these characters for me coming in and playing rebirth as like and re remake and rebirth as kind of like my first full foray into these characters right aside from crisis core because i played through crisis core but i I think a lot of the stuff they do with Cloud in this game is like, it would be good if they, if this comes back to the, my commitment issues thing, if they rounded it out, like in, like by the time we finished, when it, by the time it was all said and done uh, at the end of this game, there are certain things that they're doing with Cloud where I'm like, y'all making me kind of dislike Cloud in this game. And like, I wish we kind of, I wish there was some sort of like, I don't know, like more they were, they did to kind of build up Cloud's Especially character. when you were just getting to know Cloud. Because he is so, and I, and I, I know some of, like, a lot of the backstory and like reveals with Cloud or whatever, right? I kind I understand what's going on with him, but like there are certain things where I'm like, man, like y'all, I wish I really liked this character more. I, I think he's cool. I think him and his big ass sword is fucking dope, right? Like he's well designed and all this shit, right? But like, he's kind of like a, a gruff, you know, kind of blank slate. I get it, he's a main character, but also he's doing things where I'm like, what? What the fuck, man? And then Sephiroth. They're learning. Cloud <laughs> sucks. Yeah. And then Cloud it, sucks. Okay, is that, is that the case? Because I'm, no, that's that's I'm like, here's the thing. I they, don't like this guy. They do. They don't explain what's happening with Cloud, unless you already know what's happening with Cloud. They give like a thing, like a one scene where it's like, oh, I've I can piece together enough of the information to know what this means. Yeah. Having already played FF7. Yeah. But like, if you haven't, like. They go through great efforts to make sure everyone in this cast is likable, even to an extent, like, more so than, if, like, Yuffie, they took away a lot of her, like, more negative aspects. Like, they kind of split that into Kyrie and, like, gave Yuffie, like, less annoying aspects. But everyone is more likable except Cloud. Cloud, they're keeping the same kind of, like, not great person that is, like, actively being swayed to the dark side kind of thing. Mm -hmm. okay. And, like, there is a... There's a, like, Tim, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say it, mm -hmm. but there's a part where they're like, hey, this, this is a proper noun that would explain what's happening in cloud, assuming you know everything about that proper yeah. noun. And my problem is, I think, in a like, when you're turning one game into a trilogy, yes. now I'm ending this game, and I'm like, this fucking character sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd have to wait for, like, multiple years to get, like, the rest of the story to then decide, like, it, it how would, I feel about the full thing. It but would be as like, it stands at the end of this game, I'm like, y'all didn't treat this character well. At least y'all didn't make me fall in love with this character compared to the other characters in this game. So it's like in the prequel Star Wars yeah. when Anakin has taken out an entire village and you're still like, oh, we're still doing another movie with Anakin as the lead, huh? Yeah. Like, uh, all right, let's see where that goes. And then my, my thing with uh, uh, Sephiroth as well is that Sephiroth in this game feels like, and I know this is the case in the, in the original, uh, I believe, right? He, like, he feels like a MacGuffin, right? It feels like, okay, we're going to spend this game going after Sephiroth. Like, that's the whole thing. And they tr they try to create moments where... Sephiroth matters to the main story. And I feel like you could have made this game. Sephiroth couldn't have been there the whole time. Would have been the same game. Yeah. So ultimately, one of the complaints I have about this game's narrative structure is that there is not. It yeah. is you are following just it's the black robe guys. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. And that's because like this is the middle chapter of the of an original game. You were not supposed to have like a grand motivation yet. You were just following these people so you could get to Sephiroth eventually. And like that's great for that. But for this, it kind of feels like they were trying to go for kind of a vignette thing for like, oh, every region has its own story, whatever. It just doesn't gel quite yeah. well enough. And like those individual stories are so good. Like yeah. I love that stuff so much. But then, yeah, like when you get on the overarching level, I I do look back at my journey of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and I'm like, 
wait, so where did we go? Like, where did we get to here? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's where it comes back to, of like, I know why they're stopping me. I know why they're yeah. stopping me dead in my tracks as I'm playing this game, because there's not much more story to do, like, to, to give me. They're stopping me saying, hey, you gotta be Kate Sith and throw a box, because, oh, there's not really much we gotta get to. It's the end battle after this. Like, it 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 just feels like that the entire time for me, as, as, as somebody who just who only played Remake. Right. I, for me, it, it it's funny because it's like I feel like, and we'll see when Rebirth comes out, but I almost feel like Rebirth is, sorry, re, the third one, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. It's going to be a more linear tight experience like Remake was again. Like I feel like it's going to be like the whatever mm. shape that is. I hope so. Yeah. Um, because I feel like this very much is the, like there's a lot of flash, a lot of style. Like so mm -hmm. much. I, I think the art direction of this game is phenomenal. Yes. Um, and it really lends itself to like everything being so special and epic. But uh, I feel like the the substance comes from not like being this one deep story, but deep character moments with backstories and like build up to like make you understand the dynamics between characters or the backstories of why people are the way they are. And you go to city to city, town to town, go to the hotels. Like there's something about it that really felt like this group is traveling together and then being able to get the little splintered stories. Like I enjoyed that stuff, but it very much didn't like remake felt like a movie. This felt like kind of multiple seasons of a, a TV show that had a lot of those episodes that just focus on one character here, one character there or whatever. And that's going to be a give or take type thing. Like, I don't think everybody's going to absolutely love it, but I do think there's a ton of people that are gonna be like, this is the best thing ever. It's actually very similar. I think to the recent, like a dragon where like the actual main story, like, Sometimes it just doesn't make sense, and sometimes it feels very meandering. It doesn't, like, we don't really know where we're going. But, like, the character moments are great, and, like, that's kind of what you're there for. But I will say, in Like a Dragon, if we're going to do that comparison, mm -hmm. I when you're running around open-world Tokyo, like, you're able to have those conversations with your companions yes. in a way that you just don't have in this game, right? Like, going, of course, the side missions, you're talking the entire time. But when you're going to do a tower, like, they're silent the entire time. Like, there's no real, like... Hey, well, how you doing? Oh, my arm hurts. My, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, just... <laughs> and that's Barrett, Barrett, of course. That's Barrett, <laughs> of course. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, there's no, like, just banter between yes. them. It is just silent. And, of course, there are the, the side missions and all that jazz, but I... I, I just don't think that, that that group gels in the open world Ubisoft type thing they're going for. Yeah. That I'm like, I, I get what you're talking about, especially when you're doing like random activities. Yeah. But when you're doing side quests. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, they, but I mean, there is, in, the, in terms of the volume of the game, like, there's so many icons on that map, and they're like, hey, check them off. And when you go to those icons, a lot of them are just fight the thing, do the thing, go up yeah. the tower. It is weird how much I was listening to podcasts. And that's the thing. And that's the thing, game. right? I will say, and I've been sitting on this like complaint for like two weeks. The waypointing in this game fucking sucks. Sucks. The, it is oh, like, you, yeah, yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. It is actually because it doesn't show you height, and Give so much stuff is just above or below you. Yeah. So you'll go somewhere and be like, "How the how do I get here?" I don't know if this game needed a mini map or just a better overall map, but yeah, I was uh, there are quite a few places where I'm like, I am getting lost. Yes. Yeah, and also just the traveling of this open world. Just it it, it is. There's no jump on right. Like yeah. so, there are so many moments where I'm just ramming into a rock and I'm like do I, do I go up here no okay I yeah. guess not like you can go up halfway a mountain with a chocobo and then you could you'll stop and then you're just stopped there yeah, yeah. weird uh Barrett what did you think about this because you also beat this game uh I did and this is an interesting one because I'm coming in here as um I would say a hater is uh, too <laughs> strong of a word uh, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I did not vibe as much with uh, with Remake as uh, the rest of the panel here and a lot of other people, right? Um, I really loved Rebirth, uh, and I was uh, not expecting that. Like, my kind of biggest gripes with Remake were, like, uh, I felt like Remake had commitment, uh, commitment issues in that story. Uh, the the combat, I never, I didn't really click, uh, click with, uh, and that's mainly just because of the way they modernized Final Fantasy VII's uh, combat system felt a little bit Kingdom Heartsy, and that's just not the kind of guy that I am when it comes to combat. Uh, and then bloat, like you're turning a what six to seven hour portion of that game into a thirty-five or thirty-ish hour uh, game. I just I really felt that personally. Um, and there's still a lot of that, like, bloat is definitely, the I think, Rebirth's biggest problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's even more of that here. Uh, but there's a certain magic man that, like, really took me over and made me fall in love with Rebirth. And I think it is because it is this section of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, when it comes to everything y'all are talking about, of the different regions, the, the music, the character moments, um, that I, it just, like, going to, like 
Junon or um, I always forget the name of it, uh, like the Canyon uh, area. Cosmo uh, Con- Canyon? Yeah, mm-hmm. like those moments and like reliving some of the moments with like Red 13 or um, uh, like the Golden Saucer and all that stuff. Like really just like that stuff in this game brought me back to playing the original with my babysitters like more than 20 years ago, more so than any moment in remake did. Um, and I, I just adored it with that, uh, for that. I think it's a much messier game than remake for sure. Uh, but there is a certain magic here that I, I, I loved. I, I still think there are some commitment issue things here that, uh, bless, uh, alluded to that. I didn't quite as much, uh, vibe with in either rebirth or remake, but, I am, where we leave things off when it comes to main story stuff, I am more excited for the third one than I was expecting to be. Uh, Definitely way more excited than I was leaving Remake going into Rebirth. Um, And also the combat. Like, I I think it was just, like, the simple addition of the synergy skills and abilities, which I didn't fully understand at first. So, like, the combat I still wasn't clicking with. But then when you get, like, the... When I put together of like, oh, there's the uh, synergy like skills that are more like you're using moment to moment. I think that little addition, which uh, from what I understand is part of Intergrade, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, there. I think the synergy stuff started in Intergrade. Yeah, um, that simple stuff like really gave the combat a, a flow and pace that just like clicked in my mind way, way more. Uh, that made me really really dig it uh and had me searching for for combat stuff whether it was like the the summon materia and like you know trying some of those fights on the hardest difficulty ever um yeah i i i think it has a lot of problems um i i'm very interested to see where this lands in just kind of the the plethora of people that will play it uh especially for people who maybe are like Roger and like really dug remake and don't really have a connection to the original. Um, and I think it is purely because of my connection to the original that like, there's just, there is something here that I absolutely adored. Like I would personally give it a four out of five. Cause yes, there is a lot of open world stuff. A lot of just like, I've been saving this tweet for the longest time because of all the yellow marking uh, for like traversal and stuff, the, that discourse uh, for the last couple of weeks. It's like, I have nothing to add to that discourse. All I know is you climb slow as shit in Final Fantasy VII games. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude. Like the, the open world stuff is uninteresting for the most part to do and you do it so slowly Dude. and it <laughs> and it's drives not, me it, up it, a fucking wall. This is not a story spoiler, but there's a moment towards the end of the game where you're climbing and he goes fast as fuck. I'm like, where was yeah. that? Where yeah. was that? Why the entire doing game? This? Dude, why, what the hell is happening? How frustrating was it seeing like the yellow like paint discourse no. while having the game and being like, there's not that much. No, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's really not, not that, that much of the game. Also kind of needed because otherwise you just like run past that whatever you think you need to climb up yeah like, it's, I, it's I honestly helpful. wish there was more yeah. <laughs> I wish there was more areas where I'm like okay go up here cool yeah <laughs> I will say like Barry mentioning like the messiness of it right like I um when I reviewed Sonic Frontiers last year or two years ago at this point um one of the things I let off with that review was that it, that was that game was a three out of five that I love like a five out of five I think for me Final Fantasy Rebirth is a four out of five that I love like a six out of five like <laughs> I, there was a moment in this game like uh, one of the later chapters where I go to our slack and I'm like this is an all-timer for me right like like, it has those moments like Barrett, like talking about, you know, what the wider discourse is going to be uh, uh, like when the game comes out for everybody. I think for the most part, people are going to fucking adore this game, right? Like, I think it's us having to play it on a critical level and go, oh, okay, well, there's this and there's this and there's this. I think that's the thing where I'm like, if I'm not a fucking video game reviewer and I'm not having to assign a number to this thing, I'm going around. I'm like, yo, y'all got to play Final Fantasy VII but, Rebirth. But at the same time, it's like it is interesting because like uh, talking about the pacing and like all the, the mini game stuff, I am interested to see like. Are people going to be interested, like, uh, you know, when you go to, uh, uh, what's his name, Don Corleone uh, in Remake, Oh, yeah, right? Don Corleone. Like, that whole segment <laughs> of... <laughs> Uh, that whole segment of that game leading up to Hell House and all that stuff stands out because that is the one, like, really weird chunk of Final Fantasy VII Remake. You got, like, 10 to 12 of those in this game, and I just wonder how people are going to take to that, which I personally did, because I... I like the weird it's so shit, weird and, and so like fun. they lean so much into the weird shit, which makes me like the different weird shit more than I did in remake. Right? Uh, I felt uh, it was a bit frustrating in remake, and I felt like it made a bit more tonal sense here. So, um, hey, yeah. Speaking of Hell House, one thing that like kind of bothered me about this game, and there's like a very specific enemy that I wish we would have seen, is that it wasn't. There's not a ton of enemy variety in this game. It is mostly like 
wolves and birds, which is that was mm. just kind of this part of the game yeah. was that that those are the enemies. But like there was no like real hey, this is the weird guy that we turn into a boss. Like, yeah, and there there were options. There was a triceratops that with motorcycle wheels as an enemy in the original. We could have done something with that. We didn't didn't really. Yeah, you're right in terms of like the basic enemies, and there just was a lot more bosses in this one. But yeah, yeah there is just a lot of just like fairly easy to kill just like cannon fodder yeah people around yeah um any any closing thoughts on this i'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about this this game yeah I, I this is one of those ones where i i so much of this game is just in the eye of the beholder uh and so yeah i'm very excited to see what people think because it's for every like you know every every for every uh i'm in the open world uh isn't it i'm like dude open world stuff might have been some of my favorite stuff just on like a pure <laughs> gameplay level uh, uh in this game like i really like going around and doing the random shit even the stuff that was like you know, again, one of my complaints with like the towers and the um, there's like these summon data things where you go to it and you have to like click the buttons to a rhythm, yes. real yeah. quick. Like it's like a clock thing that goes but around you and you have to press like, yeah, and you had to re- memorize. Shit. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? I <laughs> love that shit. And like so I was fun. like, and honestly, like after a while, I was like, yo, fuck it, like that's po- it's podcast time, and it's a fun like when you accept it for being open world bloat and you get into that mode of I'm just knocking out checklist shit. It does become fun. It yeah. does become a thing. But I'm also like, sure. it is. It, coming off of remake and playing this game, in a lot of ways, it's a different game. In a lot of, a lot of ways, it's the same game yeah. too, right? But like, it is, you're signing up for something different if you were expecting like the linearity of remake. Now, having said that, you yeah. can do that. There's yeah. there's a lot of mandatory stuff. You can skip the majority of the side stuff if you don't like the open. If you don't like the towers, yes. you don't need to do yeah. a single tower. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess you have to do one. But besides that, you do not need <laughs> yeah. to do two I, towers. I mainlined the game. I finished in forty hours, and I did the open world stuff in the beginning because you kind of have to, and they kind of like push you down that direction. But then once I realized that you didn't have to do it, I just yeah. didn't do it. And yeah. to be clear, I, I'm, put, as bad. I'm putting it out just for the people that I know aren't going to dig as much of that stuff. I'm saying that I digged it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm somebody who again I played seventy hours because I was like I'm going to 100 percent everything, and I got to a point where I was like I can't 100 percent. You were at like what 24 hours and like chapter or five or something like that something yeah. wild dude i was fucking hey, it's, I was it's funny too because barrett saying that uh the, this section of the game was his favorite in the original this section of the game is probably my least favorite of the original like oh, i i very much prefer the more linear midgar part uh even as short as it is of the original and there's something about just the because i came to seven late like i did not play seven when it first came out like i okay. played it after 10 which was my first one and um i remember like once you're in the world map like i know this is blasphemy to say i fucking hated that shit like i hated how it looked i hated how like walking up to the junon cannon and i was just like what the fuck is this like my imagination couldn't work correctly Mm -hmm. to like understand that's a city seeing it here experiencing it like it, I enjoyed all of that stuff so much more just given the context of this. There are scenes and characters in this game that despite me playing through Final Fantasy VII multiple times, I never quite realized certain things. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are going to be talking about these moments. Me and you talked a little bit. I think we did too. There are some things where I'm like, huh, that is what it meant back then in text, but you didn't get that because we didn't get a performance back then. And then you hear it here and you're like, okay, this is different but I kind of fucking love it, but I don't know if everyone's going to, but I think that that's what's cool about this is like, yeah, there's going to be opinions every damn which way about this game. Also, I think the environmentalism message like actually comes through a lot better in this remake than it did in the original. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially especially if you do the open world stuff, it's like, oh yeah, I'm an environmentalist or environmental terrorist, I guess. (laughs) Then yeah, you're actually doing stuff that's good for the environment. Because like you actually do get to explore the world and see like, oh, this is what Shinra is doing to the world. Yeah. Like this is, Especially with the the mutated enemies you see every so often, it's like, oh, every single one of them was like, yeah, this had, didn't show up until the macro reactor was built. Now it's just terrorizing the village. Yeah, yep. I um, well, I guess on like closing thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, one, everybody play Queen's Blood. Like, if you're yes. playing this video game, even if you're mainlining, if you're gonna do one side thing, yeah. make it Queen's Blood. Um, they, they make you do it. <laughs> they make you do it a lot. Yeah, yes. yeah, and, and that, like it's that is fun. One anyway. of two like side things that I actively did throughout. Like I. had very quickly it was like, all right, I'm I'm done with the open world stuff, Queen's Blood, and then summon materia stuff just because, you know, it's, it's yeah. cool. You can't oh, I ask have you cool if you, fucking summons, man. I gotta ask you, Barrett, later if you beat one of those, because there's one of those I cannot beat yet. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll right. talk to you after. But yeah, I, I also finished the Queen's Blood uh, quest yesterday. Holy shit, y'all. Yeah. It's so good. But yeah, like it's it's, a, it's an actual Yu-Gi-Oh story. Like it's, <laughs> it is, and it's so good. Um, but yeah, like I, it's uh, I, I'm so I like so much of the side stuff. I like so much of the writing moments. I like so many of the characters. Like uh, this game has such goofy energy that worked for me, and so yeah, like I, I, I absolutely adore this game. 
I wish, and for various reasons we can't, I wish we could talk about the story. Ugh. We are going to later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like the it takes some very interesting turns that I just love to know how the overall audience is going to react to this. And like it makes some turns and it expands the stuff and it also in other places just doesn't go as far as I would like. And I again we'll get to that later, but like it's very hard for me to review this game without saying this happens and I wish that like blah blah blah. Yeah. But like that that's the story aspects and things I liked about it, and things I didn't like about it are also what contribute to that four out of five. And Same. for for me, you don't put a hundred and five hours into a game without liking some of it and disliking some of it too. So I overall I'm I'm going to keep playing this game. I'm probably gonna end up platinuming it, even though I've looked at the platinum list and I've been like, that's insane. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. But I I'm I'm very like I'm firm on that four out of five because I feel like this is one hell of a game. It's just it was always an impossible ask for it to be the same impact that remake had. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I loved this game, but I am positive on it. I still think it is a good game. You know, you don't need me to tell you. If you played the remake, you're probably going to play this one. Uh, but man, I know we will talk about the story one day. But like, we got the, 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 en- the, <laughs> the ending just burned me in a way that I just did not expect. I, I love the ending of of remake and the ending of rebirth. And just as again, somebody who did not play the original game felt like I was. They were just kind of throwing me aside. And they're like, you know what? Screw you. We're doing this other thing. And they do not give a shit if you understand that ending. No. Yeah. Well, even even that is just. I've not met one person yet that understands that ending. <laughs> it's not even about understanding. It's just like there's a moment that happens, and they 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 just ruin it for somebody who's never experienced that moment, mm-hmm. and it just it just kind of hurt me. And I'm like, okay, well, awesome. I guess I'm excited for the next game. I, I don't know. What do you want me to do with this information? But they they have. Yeah. I will say like. In your defense, and like along with your argument, they have to stick the landing the next game. Yes. They have to. If they, if they, they don't, really do. Like it will retroactively damage this one. I yeah. entirely agree with that. Yeah. I, I'm just on the side where I'm like, hey, man, so much of this shit's not going the way I could have ever thought and could have ever theorized. There are things that happen in this game, specifically towards the end, that I outright don't agree with. <laughs> I am upset about it, uh, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna let him keep going because I feel like overall it's great. The last thing I want to say about this that we haven't talked about yet is the new theme song for this game, the yeah. vocal. Track. Uh, when we first heard it uh, a while back, I was just like, eh, I don't care about this. Like, this is just attempting to have a, a Final Fantasy VI opera scene or yeah. a, a thousand words from 10 2 or like whatever it is. Oh my God, in context in this game and the way they use that song, the, the, the versions of that song, just the orchestral version without vocals, I am blown the fuck away. And I think it backs up the theme and everything they got going on here that to me really elevates it of like, oh, this, this shit's special. I kind of wish they never showed it in a trailer. Me too. I wish we just saw it in the game the first time. Yeah. Uh, But let us know in the comments below what you think about Final Fantasy Rebirth coming out next week. Um, If this review has changed your opinions one way or another, got you more excited, less excited, anything you want to talk about Final Fantasy, I'm sure we're going to be doing a whole bunch more of it. Uh, Imran, thank you so much for returning to join us for this. Thank you for having me. Blessing, of course. Always a pleasure to have you. Thanks for putting me on lead review. (laughs) And shout out to my boy Roger Percorni for stepping up on multiple reviews this year. It's been awesome to see. Um, So thank you for that Uh, and thank you all for watching us and supporting and just having a great time until next time love you all goodbye